the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whenever God speaks to you in life, dear heart, the voice of truth that meets the need of the broken heart is Jesus. And he speaks the truth. He addresses those issues of disobedience and rebellion. But he doesn't do it with condemnation. He does it with love. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled, Open Doors and Open Hearts. That's Open Doors and Open Hearts, and you can find it online at ReachingYourHeart.com. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with today's Reaching Your Heart. Dear Father, where would we be without a cross? And where would we be without Jesus as our Savior? Help us to abide in Him. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when I was a boy, how many of you used to be a boy or girl here? A few of you? Okay, some of you still are. Okay, that's great. When I was a boy, I left home at the age of 15 because I had to get out of the house. It was a bad place to live. I mean, it was just like it melted down. I reached out to God and said, if there's a God up there, help me find my way. Show me the way. And in the miraculous circumstances, God led me to my father within months. I didn't know if my dad was alive, and my dad led me to Christ because he had become a Christian, and God was in the mix. He answers prayer. Now, because boarding schools are costly, and I was as poor as you can get, every summer I lived on the road in North Carolina selling books so I could afford to go back to school the next year. I was a call porter. By the way, I wasn't very good at selling books, so I had... Some very helpful people who paid my bill off at the end of the year, my senior year. I would have never gone to college. But as I was selling books in North Carolina, I remember distinctly the feeling of coming to a door and knocking on the door and making my 30-second spill to get inside that door. You know, if you don't do it right in 30 seconds, it's over. Now, if my spill was convincing and persuasive enough, the family would open the door and let me in to make a presentation for the sale of a set of Christian books called the Conflict of the Ages series. And every Christian ought to read that series of books. You see, I'm still trying to promote them. Now, if they didn't like the spill, it was not uncommon for someone of a root nature to slam the door. You ever had the door slammed in your face? You have. It is not a good feeling. There's something about open doors. When that doesn't happen, an open door is an inviting environment. So if I gave it right, I could come in, I could sit down, and I would talk about the Christian books. I would pray for people. It was a ministry and the like. But boy, I didn't like those ideas of having the door slammed in my face. Now here's what I learned as a call porter. You don't focus on slammed doors if you want to succeed. You focus on open doors if you want to get in and go forward. And so I was looking for the open door, not focusing on the slammed doors. And when I found the open door, that's when the magic happened. 
And if the room is right, now you've seen it as well as I had, if the room is right in inviting on the inside, the curious tend to walk through open doors. So if you got a good environment and the door is open, people will come in, right? Right? Okay. So I took time this week to look for an open door on the Internet. I was trying to understand this better. After a little searching, I came to a site that is rightly named the door.org. It's a church site. It's a simple website, not, you know, fancy or anything. And it's an authentic-looking church. It's very inviting. The opening page says it all about this church of the open door. I'd like to read it to you. It begins with this phrase, you are welcome here. Now, how many of you like to go to a place where you're not welcome? It's awful. I mean, churches can be that way. We can get so nitpicky about this or that or whatever. We're not welcoming people. I like to come to a place where if my hair's down, i got a spot on my suit. I've come to church with spots on my suit before. Someone pointed out this week, Pastor Mike, you have a spot on your suit. It was a good thing they did because I cleaned my suit. But, you know, sometimes we're not perfect when we come through those doors, right? Our hair is off. We're a little disheveled. Maybe the world collapsed on us at home. We come to church and we're feeling awful, but we're smiling because we're supposed to. Has that ever happened to you? Now, it goes on to say, come as you are, like the song that was sung, brokenness is welcome here. Is brokenness welcome here? No matter what you've done or where you've been, it reads, this is a place of grace. There's no need to hide when life gets messy, and it will. We don't fake it around here. We believe God meets us in our real lives, not the lives we wished we had. We embrace the struggle of becoming fully alive in God because we know the only way out is through That implies a door. Life in God is a mystery and its questions don't have tidy black and white answers. Together we seek Jesus' third way of grace and truth. Come, engage with us in the struggle of becoming fully alive in God. I mean, you know what? I really like that. And you know, if I live near that church, I would visit that church because they really do have an open door. You look at the website, it's obvious. What makes it open? Not because everything's perfect, not because everything's scripted. What makes it open is because in that place there's grace. In that place you can grow. In that place you can let your hair down. In that place you can be imperfect and then seek the perfection of God without some scowling gossip putting you down. You with me? Who wants to go to a church like that? I don't. The early apostolic church was first called the way because the way points to Jesus Christ. And friend, Christ is the only way to the unseen Father God we so desperately need in our broken, bent kind of journey through the door. Are you with me? John 14, 6. Look at the verse. Turn your Bibles with me. Jesus said to him, I am the, what does it say? The way and the truth and the life, and then he makes a categorical statement, no one comes to the Father but by me. The Greek could be translated, no one comes to the Father but through me. You don't get to God unless you go through Jesus Christ. When I was 15 years old, I was led by God's power miraculously to my father's hospital room where he was dying of liver disease. I can't tell you what an awful sight it was to see my father. After so many years, I was a little child... He was 44. He looked like he was 98. And I didn't know where he was at on planet Earth. And suddenly one day he was in a hospital room near a school that I had signed up to miraculously and found my way with my dog Fang to. They let the dog stay. 
And I noticed the name Oxentanko, and I remember coming to the door. And I wrote an essay in college about the open door, that door. It had the name Leroy Oxentanko on it, a father I had never known. If I had not opened the door at the age of 15, I would have never known my father. Doors matter, friends. Doors matter. I opened that hospital door. I went in. I found my father on the inside of the door. So, friend, Jesus is the way. I mean, you can talk theology all you like. And listen, I believe in deep Bible truth. Do you? And you're going to get some today. But I'm telling you right now, as we start the journey to get into deep Bible truth, let's get this thing straight. Christ is the way. Christ is the truth and Christ is the door. And the Bible teaches that so plainly. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the door. Jesus leads us and guides us on the way through the life into the presence of God. We don't know God unless Christ miraculously interacts in our life through the good and the bad to find us, to lead us to God that we would never know. John 10, 2, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Christ is a good shepherd, not just a shepherd. Now look at John 10, 9, just a little further on in the Gospel of John. Jesus says here, and you can circle this verse, I am, that's the language of divinity, I am that I am. You know, these I am statements are loaded up in the Gospel of John. I am, what does it say? I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Let me ask you a question. You can raise your hand for this. How many of you want to be saved? You really want to be saved. We come to church, we even have a church position. And you can be lost as any lost sinner out there. What good is religion if you're lost? Are you with me? What good is religion if you're just lost? God is in the saving business. And the Greek word save means to heal. And so if you want to be healed and saved, you got to go through the door. And Christ is the door. God has so designed it that in His plan of mercy and grace for the sinner, and that we all are, all of us have fallen. Christ is the open door and the way to the Father. And so that is the thesis of our message this morning. Christ is an open door. So every church ought to be, in a sense, the church of the open door. Not closed doors, not prickly pears worrying about every little detail going wrong, but open doors full of grace, truth, and peace, right? You can say amen around here when it needs to be said. What? Amen is appropriate. The door should be open. And authentic Christians who struggle on the inside of their walk with God should invite others to come in with them on the inside and grow together in a safe place of grace, the church of Jesus Christ, the fold where the good shepherd is over. You know, you can have a good shepherd and have a bad fold, right? So we need a good shepherd guarding a good fold. I, for one, have no desire to be a part of a church that is full of fake religion. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. I don't want to look good on the outside and be a rotten, prickly pear or an apple on the inside. 
with the loss of my brother recently, I didn't handle it well. I didn't handle it well. And I'm still not handling it well. I was gone to be with his children. That's where I spent church. And I heard yet a great sermon here by a consecrated leader of our world church. I am so grateful he helped me. I had to be down in Tennessee with my brother's children who no longer have a father. I know what it's like growing up without a dad. And I'm telling you right now, his youngest son can't figure it out. And so we jumped on the trampoline after church just to get close together. I didn't know how to do it. It was his dad's trampoline. So we're there and throwing balls at him a little bit. Why? Now that's not technically what I do on Sabbath. That's what he would feel the love of God in. So I threw balls at him a little bit at his home until he got it that I, as his uncle, love him. Before I left the house, he came up to me and he put his arms around me and gave me a big hug. I think it's the first time he's ever reached out to me to hug me because I've been a distant uncle. My calling is to be closer. But you know, I can't answer his questions. I can't answer all of mine. But I like coming to a place where I don't have to prove anything to anybody if I'm going through that. Are you with me? Where God's house is safe. Where love is alive. Where the gospel makes the difference. And if you don't have answers, you've got each other. Where an open door has brought you into a warm and welcoming place. And where you can say something you need to when you do. I want to go to church that's full of Jesus. Not just talks about Him. Because truth is always the friend of love. Christ is the truth. Grace, peace, and compassion. He is the truth, the way, and the door. Friend, it's no accident when you open the book of Revelation that we discover the church of the open door is in heaven. There's a voice that calls us up deep within the heavenly sanctuary. And it is the voice of Jesus Christ that's saying, come up here. Look at Revelation 1 verse 10. We'll connect some dots here. John was on the island of Patmos. He was discouraged. He was abandoned there. He had been through persecution off the charts. He says so. In verse 10, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's the seventh-day Sabbath, Saturday. There's no contextual evidence. There's no historical evidence to plug in any other day there. It was Saturday, the great Sabbath that Jesus told John that he should pray on. In Matthew 24, 20 is the same Sabbath that he's here worshiping on in Revelation 1, 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Not a grizzly bear, a trumpet voice. And he knew who it was. John, it says in the text, a little later on, he saw the voice. He didn't just hear it, he saw it. You know, when sound is loud enough and the music is just right, have you ever heard a musical composition and it was just right and you could see the picture of what the music was about? I was in a music class when I was a child and they had this piece of music and they were supposed to you know, meditate on it and then say what the name of the piece of music was about. And I actually, as I listened to it, focused on it, I said, it's the pond. She said, how did you know that? Because the music creates the picture of the pond. And I got an A. You know, when you really allow music to work for you, hear it right, it invokes a picture. So basically, he hears the voice of a trumpet, but he sees it because the voice can be seen. In Daniel 7, 13, it says actually, a little later on, Revelation 1, 13, he saw the voice, it was the voice of the Son of Man. 
Now that's the name for Christ in the New Testament, but it goes back to the book of Daniel. Take your Bibles, you can peek back in Daniel 7.13. The Son of Man in Daniel 7.13 will appear at the end of the Middle Ages in that prophetic scenario to receive His kingdom from the Ancient of Days, the God the Father, in this pre-Advent heavenly judgment before the return of Christ. It's predicted right there in those two verses. And there inside that inner sanctum, Jesus will claim every man and woman who has come to God through Him as the open door. One name at a time, He will confess them before His Father and the holy angels. That makes me shiver. You know, some people say, well, I'm afraid of the investigative judgment. Well, you shouldn't be. You should be focused in on it enough to allow it to work in your behalf because if you have a good attorney, and Jesus is one, And he's in the business of confessing your name and claiming you if you abide in him. Imperfect though you be. Now I'm going to be very frank here and I want you to hear this. I believe in God's perfection. But not in this fake perfection that people throw out there that makes them grumpy, mean-spirited people. You can say amen when you need to. You know why saying amen is important? It affirms the truth in your own head. And thus your actions change. That's why worship should have proper affirmation. I'll be frank with you. I do not want a kind of perfection that's fake, that makes me grumpy, condescending, legalistic, that looks at somebody and finds them inferior so I can go chitter-chatter about them behind their back. Is that perfection? Friend, that's evil. The church of the Middle Ages was a system of perfectionism. It had a theology of perfectionism. It kept people away from the cross. It took God's grace and it put it into a sacramental sign and took away the living bread on the table and made it dead bread on the table. I don't want to have anything like that. I want the Word of God, the truth of God that really changes my life. God's perfection in Jesus is different. So basically, I have found in my own life, I'll ask you, that when I'm closest to God is when I'm honest with God. Right? I mean, when I'm closest with God, I'm honest with God. And I have to be honest when I confess my sins. The prophet Daniel was acquainted with the voice. You see, when we hear God's voice, it brings us to a recognition that we've messed up. And when we're honest to God, we talk back to the voice we hear. You know, the prophet Daniel resonates here with John because the voice that John saw, Daniel identified. Turn to Daniel 9, verses 9 and 10. Now, Daniel's in this great prayer of repentance. He's praying for his sin, the sin of his people. He's not claiming he's perfect, even though there's nothing bad said about him in the entire Old Testament order. He's one of those people that seems to have a perfect life. But he just fesses up and says, we have sinned. I'm a sinner like everybody else. Daniel 9, 9 and 10 He says, to the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness because we have rebelled against Him. Does he say they or we? We. Now look at verse 10. And have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by following His what? Now, a good hunk of the Christian church today says God's law is done away with. That doesn't make sense here, does it? You want to rebel against God? You just act like His law is done away with. Which He set before us by His servants, the prophets. Look at verse 11. All Israel has transgressed thy law and turned aside, refusing to obey thy voice. Now here it is, the voice. And the curse and the oath which are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. You know, we don't listen means we sin. Verse 14 is the linguistic center of the chapter. 
Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity, has brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all His works which He has done, and we have not obeyed His voice. The great indictment in the prayer. He didn't say they have not. We. I'm there too, God. I'm your prophet. And we have not obeyed his voice. Daniel includes himself in the we. And so we all stand before God in need by nature indeed. Alienated from our God at times. Because we have not listened to his voice. Now the miracle on the island of Patmos is the voice comes to John. The voice finds him in the place of trouble. The voice is heard when his need is the greatest. God does not alienate us. He comes to us. Now I'm going to speak pretty direct here. And if it applies to you, you keep it to yourself. Is that fair enough? Is it? Sure? You may not be sure when I tell you. Friend, dear heart, the problem with gossip and condemnation is in part the lie that gets passed along that would lead one person who thinks they're better to believe that the problem resides in the other person. You hear me? Truthfully, the person who dissects another in the act of gossip is the person who's really sick and in need of God's grace the most. Because that person who looks like they're holy, who looks like they have their act together, that person is the one who is the most blind in need of God's grace. So if you hear somebody talking about somebody else here in a negative way, oh, did you know what sister so-and-so did and what brother so-and-so did and how they have this sin? And you know, even when you pass on the fact that you met a gossip, you could fall into the same trap of being a gossip, right? Am I right? Sure you could. You know, practice something artful here. When you see a fault in a brother or sister, do you feel that you could give your life to save them? If you feel thus, you may approach them and affect their heart. You are just the one to visit that brother or sister. But if you do not feel thus, you need to zip up and say nothing until God can pour love into your heart. And instead of going to everybody else, you go to them. Correct? Why? Because the worth of a human soul is off the charts. Now place yourself in the mix. Maybe you have had a week in which you sinned against God, in which you messed up badly, in which you have blown it. Your character was revealed as faulty. I have had weeks like that where I had a character that was revealed as faulty. The last thing that helps me get up and grow and come back to God is a rumor monger who takes it for two or three weeks and carries it into the church. So if anybody wants to gossip about Pastor Mike, go ahead. Are you listening? I'm not saying you are. Because I'm going to confess to you that I'm a struggling sinner in need of God's grace. The word is out. The word is out. Are there a few of you out there too? Let's make it a safe place for people in need of God's grace. Whenever God speaks to you in life, dear heart, the voice of truth that meets the need of the broken heart is Jesus. And he speaks the truth. He addresses those issues of disobedience and rebellion. But he doesn't do it with condemnation. He does it with love. Christ does not condemn the broken and the beaten that is already down. He doesn't do that. A dimly burning wick he will not put out and a bruised reed he would not break. The scripture predicted this of him. So Christ comes to the woman in John 8 caught in the act of adultery. She's guilty, guilty, guilty. Her sin is awful, awful, awful as far as churches are concerned. And you definitely don't want her serving in a church office, right? Well, not that way. Broken people do bad jobs usually. 
So what does Jesus do? He does something to help her. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now she can serve in a church office. These churches ought to be a place where people hear from others, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Friend, we're not in the condemnation business if we're really Christians. When you hear the voice of God in the right way in your life, you hear Him in Jesus' voice and through Jesus' word. And when you reject God's voice, you reject Jesus and thus His Father. We must listen to God. Daniel says, we have not listened to His voice. You know, that's the common ground we share as sinners. It doesn't say they or you. It says we. Daniel says we are all in this together. And so Daniel said we, and that's the place we gather as sinners when we come to church. We have the problem. No one ever changed for real. How many of you want to change? You want to change. You want to have a new life. And you're serious about it. No one ever changed for real unless they entered into God's presence and through God's presence overcame evil. Change does not occur on the outside of the door. Change does not occur as a distant observer. Change is on the inside where God can be found as a friend, and so God invites us in. John sees the voice that is the Son of Man. John hears the voice that is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And that voice we need to see and hear every day is still available. And then the Son of Man, he discovers, is in fact the open door. Revelation 4.1, just moving a little further in the book of Revelation, suddenly a connection is made. Revelation 4.1, after this I looked, and lo, in heaven, what did he see? An open door, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet. That's Revelation 1.10. That's the voice of the Son of Man. Well, unfortunately, we need to leave it there for the first portion of Open Doors and Open Hearts. Join us tomorrow when we complete this message. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart, and Pastor Michael Oxentenko. That's Reaching Your Heart yourheart.com 888-244-HOPE that's 888-244-4673 you can donate right there on the website reachingyourheart.com 888-244-HOPE thanks for listening and as always we do pray that God is reaching your heart three-star general Michael J. Flynn head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary Flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal Flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.